0: Chapters forty seven to fifty one, Book ten, Volume two of Le d'Artur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander Le d'Artur, Volume two, by Sir Thomas Malory. CHAPTER 47 So by fortune this damosel heard tell that Palomides did much for damosel's sake. So she sent to him a pencil, and prayed him to fight with Sir Corsabrin for her love. And he should have her, and her lands of her father, that should fall to her. Then the damosel sent unto Corsabrin, and bade him go unto Sir Palomides, that was a pain him as well as he and she gave him warning that she had sent him her pencil, and if he might overcome Palomides she would wed him. When Corsebrin wist of her deeds, then was he wood-wroth and angry, and rode unto Sir Luce where the Haut prince was, and there he found Sir Palomides ready, the which had the pencil. So there they waged battle either with other afore Galahort. Well, said the Haut prince this day must noble knights joust, and at after dinner we shall see how ye can speed then they blew to jousts, and in came dinadan and met with sir geirin a good knight and he threw him down over his horse's croup and sir dinadan overthrew four knights more and there he did great deeds of arms for he was a good knight but he was a scoffer and a japper and the merriest knight among fellowship that was that time living and he had such a custom that he loved every good knight and every good knight loved him again so then when the hot prince saw dinadan do so well he sent unto sir launcelot and bade him strike down sir dinadan and when that ye have done so bring him before me and the noble queen Guenever, then sir launcelot did as he was required then sir lamorak and he smote down many knights and raised off helms and drew all the knights afore them. And so Sir Launcelot smote down Sir Dinadan and made his men to unarm him, and so brought him to the queen and the haught prince. And they laughed at Dinadan so sore that they might not stand. Well, said Sir Dinadan. yet have I no shame, for the old shrew Sir Launcelot smote me down. So they went to dinner, and all the court had good sport at Dinadan. Then, when the dinner was done, they blew to the field to behold Sir Palomides and Corsabrin, Sir Palomides' piet his pencil in midst of the field, and then they hurtled together with their spears as it were thunder, and either smote other to the earth. And then they pulled out their swords, and dressed their shields, and lashed together mightily as mighty knights, that well nigh there was no piece of harness would hold them. For this Corsabrin was a passing felonious knight. Corsabrin, said Palomides, wilt thou release me yonder damosel and the pencil? Then was Corsabrin wroth out of measure, and gave Palomides such a buffet that he kneeled on his knee. Then Palomides arose lightly, and smote him upon the helm that he fell down right to the earth. And therewith he raised off his helm, and said— Corsabrin yield thee, or else thou shalt die of my hands. Fie on thee, said Corsabrin, do thy worst. Then he smote off his head, and therewithal came a stink of his body when the soul departed, that there might nobody abide the Saviour. So was the corpse had away and buried in a wood, because he was a pain him. Then they blew unto lodging, and Palomides was unarmed then he went unto queen Guenever, to the haut prince and to sir launcelot sir said the haut prince here have ye seen this day a great miracle by corsabrin whatsoever there was when the soul departed from the body therefore sir we will require you to take the baptism upon you and i promise you all knights will set the more by you and say more worship by you sir said palomides i will that ye all know that into this land i came to be christened and in my heart i am christened and christened will i be but i have made such an avow that i may not be christened till i have done seven true battles for jesus sake and then will i be christened and i trust god will take mine intent for i mean truly then sir palomides prayed queen Guenever and the haught prince to sup with him And so they did, both Sir Launcelot and Sir Lamorak, and many other good knights. So on the morn they heard their mass, and blew the field, and then knights made them ready. Chapter 48 Here beginneth the sixth day. Then came therein Sir Gaheris, and there encountered with him Sir Osses of Surloos, and Sir Gaheris smote him over his horse's croup. And then either party encountered with other, and there were many spears broken, and many knights cast under feet. So there came in Sir Dornad and Sir Aglovale, that were brethren unto Sir Lamorak, and they met with other two knights, and either smote others so hard, that all four knights and horses fell to the earth. When Sir Lamorak saw his two brethren down, he was wroth out of measure, and then he got a great spear in his hand, and therewithal he smote down four good knights, and then his spear brake. Then he pulled out his sword, and smote about him on the right hand, and on the left hand, and raised off helms, and pulled down knights, that all men marvelled of such deeds of arms as he did, for he fared so that many knights fled. Then he horsed his brethren again, and said, Brethren!— ye ought to be ashamed to fall so off your horses what is a knight but when he is on horseback i set not by a knight when he is on foot for all battles on foot are but pillars battles for there should no knight fight on foot but if it were for treason or else he were driven thereto by force therefore brethren sit fast on your horses or else fight never more afore me with that came in the Duke Chalains of Clarence, and there encountered with him the Earl Ulbaws of Sir Luce, and either of them smote other down. Then the knights of both parties horsed their lords again, for Sir Ector and Bleobris were on foot, waiting on the Duke Chalains, and the king with the hundred knights was with the Earl of Ulbaws with that came gaheris and lashed to the king with the hundred knights and he to him again then came the duke chalains and departed them then they blew to lodging and the knights unarmed them and drew them to their dinner and at the midst of their dinner in came dinadan and began to rail then he beheld the hort prince that seemed wroth with some fault that he saw for he had a custom he loved no fish and because he was served with fish, the which he hated, therefore he was not merry. When Sir Dinadan had espied the Hort-Prince, he espied where was a fish with a great head, and that he got betwixt two dishes, and served the Hort-Prince with that fish. And then he said thus, Sir Galaholt, well may I liken you to a wolf, for he will never eat fish but flesh. Then the Hort-Prince laughed at his words. "'Well, well,' said Dinedan to Launcelot, "'what devil do ye in this country? "'For here may no mean knights "'with no worship for thee. "'Sir, Dinedan,' said Launcelot, "'I ensure thee I shall no more meet with thee, "'nor with thy great spear, "'for I may not sit in my saddle "'when that spear hitteth me. "'And if I be happy, "'I shall beware of that boisterous body "'that thou bearst. "'Well,' said Launcelot, "'make good watch ever.' God forbid that ever we meet, but it be at a dish of meat. Then laughed the queen and the hot prince, that they might not sit at their table. Thus they made great joy till on the morn. And then they heard mass, and blew to field. And Queen Guenever and all the estates were set, and judges armed clean with their shields to keep the right. Chapter 49 Now beginneth the seventh battle. There came in the Duke Cambines, and there encountered with him Sir Aristans, that was counted a good knight, and they met so hard that either bare other down horse and man. Then came there the Earl of Lambale, and helped the Duke again to horse. Then came Sir Osses of Sir Luce, and he smote the Earl Lumbale down from his horse. Then began they to do great deeds of arms, and many spears were broken, and many knights were cast to the earth. Then the king of Northgalis and the Earl Urbaus smote together that all the judges thought it was like mortal death. This meanwhile, Queen Guenever and the Hot Prince and Sir Launcelot made their Sir Dinadan make him ready to joust. I would, said Dinadan, ride into the field but then one of you twain will meet with me p'er dieu said the hot prince ye may see how we sit here as judges with our shields and always mayst thou behold whether we sit here or not so sir dinadan departed and took his horse and met with many knights and did passing well and as he was departed sir launcelot disguised himself and put upon his armour a maiden's garment freshly attired then Sir Launcelot made Sir Galhudin to lead him through the range, and all men had wonder what damosel it was. And so as Sir Dinadan came into the range, Sir Launcelot, that was in the damosel's array, gat Galahudin's spear and ran unto Sir Dinadan. And always Sir Dinadan looked up there as Sir Launcelot was, and then he saw one sit in the stead of Sir Launcelot, armed. But when Dinadan saw a manner of a damosel, he dread perils that it was Sir Launcelot disguised. But Sir Launcelot came on him so fast, that he smote him over his horse's croup. And then, with great scorns, they got Sir Dinadan into the forest there beside. And there they despoiled him unto his shirt, and put upon him a woman's garment, and so brought him into the field, and so they blew unto lodging. And every knight went and unarmed them. Then was Sir Dinadan brought in among them all. And when Queen Guenever saw Sir Dinadan brought so amongst them all, then she laughed that she fell down, and so did all that there were. Well, said Dinadan to Launcelot, thou art so false that I can never beware of thee. Then by all the assent they gave Sir Launcelot the prize. The next was Sir Lamorak de Galis, the third was Sir Palomides, the fourth was king bagdemagus so these four knights had the prize and there was great joy and great nobly in all the court and on the morn queen ganover and sir launcelot departed unto king arthur but in no wise sir lamorak would not go with them i shall undertake said sir launcelot that and ye will go with us king arthur shall charge sir gawaine and his brethren never to do you hurt as for that said sir lamorak I will not trust Sir Gawain, nor none of his brethren, and wit ye well, Sir Launcelot, and it were not for my lord King Arthur's sake, I should match Sir Gawain and his brethren well enough. But to say that I should trust them, that shall I never, and therefore I pray you recommend me unto my lord Arthur, and unto all my lords of the round table." And in what place that ever I come, I shall do you service to my power? And, sir, it is but late that I revenged that, when my lord Arthur's kin were put to the worse by Sir Palomides. Then Sir Lamorak departed from Sir Launcelot, and either wept at their departing. Chapter 50 Now turn we from this matter, and speak we of Sir Tristram, of whom this book is principally of, and leave we the king and the queen, Sir Launcelot and Sir Lamorak, and here beginneth the treason of King Mark, that he ordained against Sir Tristram. There was cried by the coasts of Cornwall a great tournament and jousts, and all was done by Sir Galahot, the haught prince and king bagdemagus to the intent to slay launcelot or else utterly destroy him and shame him because sir launcelot had always the higher degree therefore this prince and this king made this jousts against sir launcelot and thus their counsel was discovered unto king mark whereof he was full glad then king mark bethought him that he would have sir tristram unto that tournament Disguised that no man should know him, to that intent that the hot prince should ween that Sir Tristram were Sir Launcelot. So at these jousts came in Sir Tristram, and at that time Sir Launcelot was not there. But when they saw a knight disguised do such deeds of arms, they weened it had been Sir Launcelot. And in especial King Mark said it was Sir Launcelot plainly. Then they set upon him both King Bagdemagus and the haught prince, and their knights, that it was wonder that ever Sir Tristram might endure that pain. Notwithstanding for all the pain that he had, Sir Tristram won the degree at that tournament, and there he hurt many knights and bruised them, and they hurt him and bruised him, wonderly sore. So when the jousts were all done, they knew well that it was Sir Tristram, the lioness, and all that were on King Mark's party, were glad that sir tristram was hurt and the remnant were sorry of his hurt for sir tristram was not to be hated as was sir launcelot within the realm of england then came king mark unto sir tristram and said fair nephew i am sorry of your hurts gramercy my lord said sir tristram then king mark made sir tristram to be put in an horse-beer in a great sign of love and said Fair cousin, I shall be your leech myself. And so he rode forth with Sir Tristram, and brought him to a castle by daylight. And then King Mark made Sir Tristram to eat, and then after he gave him a drink, the which as soon as he had drunk he fell asleep. And when it was night he made him to be carried to another castle, and there he put him in a strong prison, and there he ordained a man and a woman to give him his meat and drink so there he was a great while. Then was Sir Tristram missed, and no creature wist where he was come. When La Beelisud heard how he was missed, privily she went unto Sir Sadoc, and prayed him to espy where was Sir Tristram. Then when Sadoc wist how Sir Tristram was missed, and anon espied that he was put in prison by King Mark and the traitors of Magoons, Then Sadok and two of his cousins laid them in an ambushment, fast by the castle of Tintagil, in arms. And, as by fortune, there came riding King Mark and four of his nephews, and a certain of the traitors of Magoons. When Sir Sadok espied them, he brake out of the bushment, and set there upon them. And when King Mark espied Sir Sadok, he fled as fast as he might, and there Sir Sadok slew all the four nephews unto King Mark. But these traitors of Magoon slew one of Sadoc's cousins with a great wound in the neck, but Sadoc smote the other to the death. Then Sir Sadoc rode upon his way unto a castle that was called Liones, and there he espied of the treason and felony of King Mark. So they of that castle rode with Sir Sadoc till that they came to a castle that hight Arbrey, and there in the town they found Sir Dinas the Seneschal that was a good knight. But when Sir Sadok had told Sir Dinas of all the treason of King Mark, he defied such a king, and said he would give up his lands that he held of him. And when he said these words, all manner knights said as Sir Dinas said. Then, by his advice and of Sir Sadok's, he let stuff all the towns and castles within the country of Lyons, and assembled all the people that they might make. Chapter 51 Now turn we unto King Mark, that when he was escaped from Sir Sadok, he rode unto the castle of Tintagil, and there he made great cry and noise, and cried unto Harness, all that might bear arms. Then they sought and found where were dead four cousins of King Mark's, and the traitor of Magoon's. Then the king let into them in a chapel, then the king let cry in all the country that held of him to go unto arms, for he understood to the war he must needs. When King Mark heard and understood how Sir Sadok and Sir Dinas were arisen in the country of Lyones, he remembered of wiles and treason. Lo, thus he did. He let make and counterfeit letters from the Pope, and did make a strange clerk to bear them unto King Mark the which letters specified that king mark should make him ready upon pain of cursing with his host to come to the pope to help to go to jerusalem for to make war upon saracens when this clerk was come by the mean of the king anon withal king mark sent these letters unto sir tristram and bade him say thus that an he would go war upon the miscreants he should be had out of prison and to have all his power when sir tristram understood this letter then he said thus to the clerk ah king mark ever hast thou been a traitor and ever will be but clerk said sir tristram say thou thus unto king mark since the apostle pope has sent for him bid him go thither himself for tell him traitor king as he is i will not go at his commandment Get I out of prison as I may, for I see I am well rewarded for my true service. Then the clerk returned unto King Mark, and told him of the answer of Sir Tristram. Well, said King Mark, yet shall he be beguiled. So he went into his chamber, and counterfeit letters, and the letter specified that the Pope desired Sir Tristram to come himself to make war upon the miscreants. When the clerk was come again to Sir Tristram and took him these letters, then Sir Tristram beheld these letters, and anon espied they were of King Mark's counterfeiting. Ah! said Sir Tristram, false hast thou been ever, King Mark, and so wilt thou end. Then the clerk departed from Sir Tristram and came to King Mark again. By then there were come four wounded knights within the castle of Tintagil, and one of them his neck was nigh broken in twain. Another had his arm stricken away, the third was borne through with a spear, the fourth had his teeth stricken in twain. And when they came afore King Mark, they cried and said, King Mark, why fleest thou not? For all this country is arisen clearly against thee. Then was King Mark wroth, out of measure. And in the meanwhile there came into the country Sir Percivale de Galis to seek Sir Tristram. And when he heard that Sir Tristram was in prison, Sir Percivale made clearly the deliverance of Sir Tristram by his knightly means. And when he was so delivered, he made great joy of Sir Percivale, and so each one of other. Sir Tristram said unto Sir Percivale, And ye will abide in these marches. I will ride with you. Nay, said Percivale, in this country I may not tarry, for I must needs into Wales. So Sir Percivale departed from Sir Tristram, and rode straight unto King Mark, and told him how he had delivered Sir Tristram, and also he told the king that he had done himself great shame for to put Sir Tristram in prison, for he is now the knight of most renown in this world living and wit thou well the noblest knights of the world love sir tristram and if he will make war upon you ye may not abide it that is truth said king mark but i may not love sir tristram because he loves my queen and my wife la belle ah fee for shame said sir percivale say ye never so more are ye not uncle unto sir tristram and he your nephew ye should never think that so noble a knight as sir tristram is that he would do himself so great a villainy to hold his uncle's wife howbeit said sir percivale he may love your queen sinless because she is called one of the fairest ladies of the world then sir percivale departed from king mark so when he was departed king mark bethought him of more treason notwithstanding king mark granted sir percivale never by no manner of means to hurt sir tristram so anon king mark sent unto sir dinas the seneschal that he should put down all the people that he had raised for he sent him an oath that he would go himself unto the pope of rome to war upon the miscreants and this is a fairer war than thus to arise the people against your king when sir dinas understood that king mark would go upon the miscreants then sir dinas in all haste put down all the people and when the people were departed every man to his home then king mark espied where was sir tristram with la beale isoud and there by treason king mark let take him and put him in prison contrary to his promise that he made unto sir percivale when queen isoud understood that sir tristram was in prison she made as great sorrow as ever made lady or gentlewoman then sir tristram sent a letter unto la beale and prayed her to be his good lady and if it pleased her to make a vessel ready for her and him he would go with her unto the realm of logris that is this land when la beale understood sir tristram's letter and his intent she sent him another and bade him be of good comfort for she would do make the vessel ready and all thing to purpose then Labili stood sent unto Sir Dinas and to Sadok, and prayed them in any wise to take King Mark and put him in prison unto the time that she and Sir Tristram were departed unto the realm of Logris. When Sir Dinas the Seneschal understood the treason of King Mark, he promised her again and sent word that King Mark should be put in prison, and as they devised it so, it was done. And then Sir Tristram was delivered out of prison, and anon, in all the haste, Queen Isoud and Sir Tristram went and took their counsel with that they would have with them when they departed. End of Book Ten, Chapters Forty Seven to Fifty One, read by Loche. Rolander.